0: Yo Shots fire for Fox sake fire fire for Fox sake You shots fired yeah. shots, fired, yeah. shots, fired, yeah. shots fired, for Fox sake fire Fox sake shots fire yeah. Welcome back to Shots Fired. It's me, G G Spot MMA, Just Gina, whatever you want to call me. We got Michael Morgan. Say what up, Mike?
1: What's going on? It's beautiful to have our foundational Black American princess back in the house. It's incredible <laughs> to see you in your splendor and hear your beautiful voice, oh queen.
0: What? Oh, that's
1: what's <laughs> up.
2: <laughs>
0: and of course, we have Chisanga Malata. Say what up, Chisanga.
1: G,
2: as i said beforehand before we came in there it's great to see your face again you really light up the room when you're when you're here because it's dark and depressing with mr michael morgan when it's just a <laughs> few <two> of us <laughs>
0: and kairos yelling ass where is kairos by the way where is he
2: he's tardy but i'm sure he'll uh will pop in whenever whenever he can as he occasionally does do when he, when he's late he okay. just comes in and brings that energy. so yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you, in particular yourself, G, because it's been a while since we've uh, we've had the privilege.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, since everybody's dropping my name and making me feel so special, how about I start the show? Yeah. Sounds That's like a plan. plan. <laughs> well, my discussion for today is, I think we need to discuss like an obvious trend with the UFC, and that is putting on shitty fight cards after shitty fight card after shitty fight card. And I'm not even going to try to act like you know, we don't know that this is going on. So now let's, let me give you a couple examples of that. Okay. Norma Duvant versus Aspen Ladd. Okay. Shitty card, shitty main event. In fact, I don't even remember what happened. Okay. So that's one. Uh, Number two, Misha Tate versus Caitlin Vieira. Straight up, that fight to me didn't really mean much. I, again, I don't remember what happened, who won. It's just, it's just like that. And last but not least, a pay-per-view event. UFC 270 with main event and co-main event, both stellar fights, okay? We have top-notch fighters at high level, Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gann and then Figgy versus Brandon Moreno. Again, no complaints. However, the rest of the card was a bunch of nobodies that I don't give a fuck about. I think there was about like seven or eight UFC debuts and of course the Dana White Contender Series regional pipeline, unacceptable, unacceptable. And let's not forget, that the price recently just went up, right? It's now 75 bucks. And you're telling me that you wanna give us a bunch of rookie debuts in the in, um, the D- Contender Series pipeline for 75 fucking dollars, unacceptable. And the problem with this too is that, like I said, it is a trend, they keep fucking doing this. So with that all being said, tell me your thoughts on abysmal fight cards. Like, am I tripping? How do y'all feel about them? Maybe I'm overreacting. And secondly, Will lackluster pay-per-view cards and fight nights affect viewership and buys? And I'm gonna start with Chisanga Malata. Let's
2: okay. go. Yeah. Um. I. I think. I think the. Uh, the pay-per-view last month really was. Uh, was a prime example of, of, of what you said. Yeah. Uh, strong. Strong uh, main event. Strong co-main event. And then a, a weak card name n- name wise not not in terms of um, of the skill the skill sets of, of the fighters i'm not saying that in any way sh- shape or form but in terms of uh of name brand and and uh, I, I don't want to say attracting the casual audience because it's just such an easier thing but uh names that resonate with those who are not hardcore fan in the, in the hardcore fan base it was is it was very weak and i think like you said i think there were like maybe, six or seven ufc debutantes because i remember going through the um the purses for it and there was ten thousand dollars like came up like at least six or seven times or what have you i mean from a uk perspective uh it's not too bad because if you already have the bt sport package then all the pay-per-view events are included in, in in your subscription, so you're not paying seventy-five dollars a hit. But if I was an American fan and I had to pay seventy-five dollars to watch uh Ingunu versus Gunn and uh, Figgy versus Murray, you know, you're essentially paying seventy-five dollars for a $2 know, I... It's uh, so, ugh. it's yeah. I'd I'd be I'd be a bit pissed. I'd be a bit, like, and on top of that, you also have to pay the ESPN subscription fee as well. ESPN <coughs> Like, and I don't know how much that is off the, off the top of my head, but it's expensive. And I mean, look, I I, I understand there's uh, logistical problems throughout the throughout the fight card uh, throughout the uh, throughout the year, and you can't have stacked cards up all the time. Sometimes you just gotta get fighters competing on the on on the just competing. uh COVID. Yeah, In so, but let's go back to the Ingunu card. I mean you could have gone done something like to to jazz up the card a bit more, like to, to make it worth that $75. And I mean, I think, I, I can't remember, I think I read somewhere that it might have only done 200,000 buys, which, right. I mean, don't quote me on this. I remember it was a fleeting Instagram post, and I'm not sure of the veracity of it and, and what have you. But um, yeah, I would, that, that, that pay-per-view card, unfortunately, although stellar a card as it is, a lot of people would have seen the price and they would have just said look i'm not going to pay for this like look i'm sadly i'm going to go on to a streaming website and i'm not advocating this in any way shape or form but <laughs> I, I, I have to get that out there <laughs> but, uh, mm. that's what a lot of people do when they see a card that, that's not um that's not 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 a juicy one that's not say like uh an upcoming one uh, like say say like your Whitaker adesanya or your which again that was, some people might even poke holes in that fight in that card because all you've got is uh the main event and then you've got the uh mr shuey against Derek lewis tied to evas against Derek lewis and then if you look at the rest of the card it's not the not the sexiest but i mean i completely mm-hmm. understand people's gripes for uh <laughs> having to pay 75 dollars, which is the equivalent of what like close to Fifty pounds, Mike. I probably say, or maybe fifty-five. Yeah, and that's a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. a lot of money to be shelling out each and every single month. And if you're getting a subpar product, then, I mean, do you think people will vote, people will vote with their feet and walk and watch elsewhere?
0: So you think um, viewers might like buy it less, or you think it'll affect viewership?
2: 100 percent, definitely. Yeah, if if it's if it becomes a, a repeat pattern. Like, as as I said, sometimes things don't pan out, fights fall out and and what Mm -hmm. have you. And I I, I give them slack where slack is needed, but you can't charge 75 bucks for for that first pay-per-view card of the year with so many debut, you just can't do it. Like, and I mean, I don't know. Well, obviously we're still in this pandemic world, so uh, wages aren't being inflated and what have you. It'd be okay if the price hike was... uh, Equal to uh, wages going up or what have you, in, in general right. could afford it, but that's not. I don't know if that's necessarily the case in the United States. So, I mean, yeah, they better be careful. They better be careful. Otherwise, people are going to be going on to. I, I was going to name a stream, <laughs> it's just a stream right there. So I'll be highly I, unprofessional.
0: Don't do Brendan Schwab, please. Like, yeah. didn't he name a stream and get it shut down? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy.
2: I don't want to do be that guy. I'm going to pass on to Mr. Michael Morgan because I, I have a feeling he might concur with my uh, with my thoughts on this.
1: You know something, I slightly would like to beg to differ because if you remember the Benny King song, I really do feel that we've been spoiled. (laughs) Because when you look at the boxing model, when you look at what we are given, served up by Eddie Hearn, Frank Warren, and, you know, the big promoters. It's guff, 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 until we get to the main event. And we are being charged for that privilege, almost as though all you are paying for is the main event. And that's it. With the UFC, come on, come on. In the words of Benny King, we have been spoiled. This is us to a T, we've not known, we've not appreciated, we've not actually comprehended how much the UFC, Bellator, regardless of what promotion put into these fight cards, stacking them from bottom to top. And that isn't the boxing model. And like I keep saying, we need to appreciate that. We need to celebrate that. And we need to be mindful of what the alternative is. Because if it's the boxing model, and remember that the boxing model is what a lot of people base their sports and the way in which they judge and the way in which they they uh, score around the boxing model, let's just imagine if they took it to the nth degree and went down that model in terms of serving up fight cards, we would be fucked. So we also need to be mindful of the fact that, look, Let's just cut to the chase. We all know on our timeline that the people who are paying for pay-per-view, the people who are spending money, whether they be in the UK or whether they be in the US, are on the wane, on the decline. There are in smaller numbers than they were quite a few years ago. And the way that I look at it is this, I really do feel, I I can see that this is where things are going, because we've seen it go down this path since um, the Contender Series has been exalted to this uh, status of um, feeder for the UFC um, in in general. I think we're going to see more of this. We're going to see more of this type of pedigree in terms of fight card. We're going to see more of this draw on talent because it's cheaper. And we're going to see more in the way of price rises. It's not going down, it's going up. Now, Dana might try and gaslight us into thinking that he doesn't have a say. He doesn't have um, a fight or a way of actually registering with the higher ups that, look, this isn't the way to go. I call bullshit on that because the way that I look at it is he's an integral part of the brand. And in terms of voices, in terms of strategizing and in terms of rollout, I think that he's got his hand in every single um, discussion that's going on top to bottom, whether it be seen as solely the response responsibility of ESPN. So G. I hear your lamentations, but be mindful. We don't know how good we've got it. Also, in terms of pricing, come on. How many of us, how many of us, I know I am, I'm paying, but I know many people in my timeline, and I would say the majority of my timeline ain't paying for this shit.
2: Mike, you don't think, <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say, <laughs> I'm, I'm cracking up even saying this. Dana White ain't saying shit to Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse sets the price. Let's not forget it's it's, it's Disney, the, Disney up in this bitch. But yeah, no, to be honest, I kind of, I do give Dana White some slack w- with that because if, say for instance, if it's the uh, the ESPN shareholders and everybody who are way, 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 way above him when it comes to the hierarchy, they just say, right, like, we're right, we need to increase revenue by 10%. Where we're we're upping the price on on uh, the ESPN uh, pay-per-views. I don't think he's really got that much of a say in it, to be honest. I'm like, don't get me wrong, with with other things, that I think he does, but in this particular aspect, I don't. And that's not me coming to to to, to his aid. I'm not being a, a Dana White stan, or by by any stretch of the imagination. I'm, I'm I'm just saying it as it is. Like ESPN's a huge global corporation, and there are significant powers that would be that have more power than Dana White. But anyway, I want to go back to what Jesus said.
0: Let me let me come from Mike's neck real quick. Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, first and foremost, this isn't boxing. I, I see your point, though, that we're spoiled, because when I first started watching this, the cards were stacked from top to bottom. And usually at yes. the top was like Anderson Silva or some shit. And that just had us all like fucking going crazy. I get it. So I get like not doing it back in the day type of way. But I think there needs to be some type of balance, Mike. I find this to be happening too often. I'm not upset that some cards are trash or like, but it just feels like the opening of the new year. You gave us a crappy card. And then mind you, we waited two weeks for that card, like a couple of weeks for that card. We went on a nice Christmas break and then we come back to just caca, like, come on, man. And then, And then two weeks later, it happens again. It just seems to be happening too frequently, yet the price is going up. And this isn't boxing. The UFC touts itself as the organization that is what we have the best fighters in the world. Um, You're not the best until you fight here. But then I turn on my TV and all I see is a bunch of fucking rookies that are like amateurs and not even giving us that type of performance we pay to see. I've seen some contender series guys get smoked the fuck out or like two of them just fighting like alley cats, but not really doing nothing because why they're regional fighters. And it's like, UFC fans, MMA fans, we don't pay to see that up until the co-main event. So I think like, I see Mike's point, but can we get a little balance if you're going to charge us that much? Don't like overdo it is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just seems like it's so much and so frequent. When I'm doing the spaces and we don't talk about MMA every fight and we talk about like drugs and stuff and all, people talk about all types of stuff in my spaces, but not the card that's in front of us, there's a problem. And the fact that nobody wants to buy this anymore, there are people on my timeline that purchase pay-per-view, Mike. There's like four. I get it. There's like four <laughs> or five people. But when those four or five people are like, you got a stream? Or like, oh, no, I'm making plans. There's a problem. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I just want some balance, Mike. And this isn't boxing. Like, I don't give a fuck about my boxing. We talk about internet.
1: But <laughs>
0: you feel me, though?
1: I hear where you're coming from. But I'm glad you see, you know, the perspective that I'm trying to bring here in terms of we have been spoiled. And it's because of that expectation. It's because of the fact that our need for violence has been satiated and satiated well on an ongoing basis. But as well as that, it's almost like Pavlov's dog. We have come accustomed to a certain way we are served our fights and this ain't it. And that's why we're kind of like, huh? What's going on here?
0: But Mike, Chisanga, are you guys, well, Chisanga probably is, but Mike, are you watching every card? Like you're telling me you stay up all night to watch Norma Dumont?
1: I'm not, I I am not. And that is why I feel you because (laughs) this isn't like an overnight thing. This has been happening, as I say, since the Contender Series was exalted as the means by which they are gonna fill our entertainment need.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't stay up for, for for every card. I mean, it's just because of the time difference as well. It's not feasible. Like I, 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 I can't mess up my sleep pattern every single weekend for every for, mm. for every single sure. card. It's it's just it's just not feasible. I mean. I know people will say, "Well, you're and you're not really being a, a serious fan or whatever." No, I catch up with everything. Yeah, like I, I put it on the, the following morning when I go for a run or or, or what have you. But yeah,
0: you, you can be a serious fan, sleep through the night, and wake up, avoid spoilers, and oh, watch. exactly, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I can't stand. It's like grow up when people say that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm watching these fights in normal time, and if I want to go to bed early and watch that shit on ESPN the next day, I am. And I'm still a hardcore fan, but Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I hear Mike's point, but I'm just like, are y'all enjoying these cards? Because I'm not. And in my Twitter spaces, we're not even talking about them. So it seems to be the start of a red flag. I would be nice if Dana noticed like viewership went down, but I doubt it and he doesn't care. And he's just going to continue to do this because they are saving a shit ton of money. And also- And also fulfilling the ESPN contract. That I understand as well. ESPN probably showed up and was like, we need this many cards. And the Dana White Contender series is really helping that out. And you have to take into consideration COVID is killing a lot of these cards. Mm-hmm. Don't forget UFC 270, my main event was canceled, Tapura versus um, yeah. Ev- Ev- Evloev, my two favorite prospects. Yeah. I mean, I was heartbroken, but you can't blame Dana. You can't blame anybody. It's the way of the world, it was the variant. So
2: mm-hmm. No, 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 that's that, that's very true but yeah. i mean I, I i think i think the ufc I, I think they just need to be well they do this anyway but i think nice. they need to be a bit more strategic in spacing out their stars which is why i think because remember there was a report that uh nate diaz was going to be fighting dustin poirier on the 272 card and I think that's probably why they haven't put that on, on there because maybe they realize, that, okay, the cards so far haven't been as as uh, to to our liking. Yeah. Where we're not necessarily going to stack the deck. Let let's let's spread out the love and, and what have you. But I, I I don't know. Maybe that's that, that that's one reason. But yeah, it, it I I can see why people are concerned that it's kind of going towards the um the the boxing model which Mike cited where you have fights that aren't really the fans aren't really interested in but um but and then they just come in for like the, the co-main event and main event. We're not at that stage yet. But I think we're quite a way away from the, from that stage oh, but
0: yeah.
2: It's not long until we get onto that slippery slope and then subsequently viewing figures and and what have you will will, will be affected.
0: Oh man. I I hope you're not right. But I think we <laughs> ran through my segment. Who wants to be next?
2: Well, I'll I'll go I'll go next. Um, Last week, I spoke to John Jones's advisor, former Golden Boys Promotions uh, CEO Richard Schaefer, and somebody who's actually a good good pal with uh, UFC President Dana White. They have a very good uh, relationship. As you're, uh, well, no, because you will know, because you follow me all the, all the time, and all you guys, I'm, I'm sure you, you've subscribed to my tweets, which, <laughs> which, which uh, I'm living in dreamland if I, I think anybody does that. Uh, as you know, uh, Schaefer told me that he met the UFC, well, He was going to meet the UFC uh, last weekend. And obviously he must have uh, met them this weekend to discuss John's return to the heavyweight division, possible fight Francis Ngannou if Francis uh, is fit at the end of, at some point this year and potentially an interim title fight with Stipe Miocic. Contrary to what I saw some people reporting, I didn't say an interim fight was in the works. It was discussing the possibility of it, considering Francis Ngannou's potential layoff. Now, what I want to know is are people after nearly two years, it's two years this month, actually. Uh, I can't remember the date. are people after two years still interested in the heavyweight return of John Jones, like, like, regardless of his, um, his two fails drug test, which he was actually exonerated for from USADA. A lot of people uh, failed to mention that in the John Jones narrative. He is arguably one of the, if not the greatest mixed martial artists of all time. now, they say, what, what's the old saying? That absence makes the heart go fonder. Has that been the case with John Jones? Are people excited to see him fight at heavyweight? And I'm going to go with the podcast heavyweight, OG, Mr. Worldcast, Mike Morgan, to begin with.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, my man. Um, I, 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 I'm just bowled over by that title. No one's ever called me the podcast (laughs) heavyweight before. Anyway, I'll try and represent with this uh, knockout blow. I think people are. I think people cannot wait for John Jones to get back in the cage. I'll tell you why. There's an old adage in PR. There is no such thing as bad news or a bad story. Love it or like it. John has spun this to his advantage and we just didn't appreciate it and check it as well. The way in which he's been conducting himself is he's kept himself relevant in the news, good or bad, by inserting himself just like another um, well-versed, or someone who is well-versed in PR person does, and that is Conor McGregor. But it hasn't been checked as deeply as it should, and that is he's kept himself in our consciousness whether for good or for bad. So people are anticipating his return. People want to see him get knocked out. This wife beater, this gaslighter, this bully. They want to see him get his comeuppance. But also for those people who, for me, can only be misogynists, who have looked past that, who want to see the return of, for them, the greatest of all time again he's winning he's kept himself in their consciousness too you see them on the timeline defending him oh well you know there's no smoke without fire she must have said something to upset him Uh, yeah i've seen those comments and it's those people who will be anticipating his return so on the one hand you've got i want to see this guy knocked to wakanda john jones must get his comeuppance on one narrative on the other hand you've got John Jones can do no wrong in my eyes. Both wanna see him return. So yes, there is a massive appetite. Yes, I feel as though this will do numbers. And yes, I I, I personally wanna see him return. And it's because I'm in the first category of those people who actually wanna see him get his comeuppance. Yeah,
2: I I completely understand that. And I know we've talked about in general, separating the the uh the person from the offense in which they committed in particular fight sports because i mean it seems every week there's a there's a boxer or a mixed martial artist who does some stupid shit or says some stupid shit and we have to and i don't know why it's our damn sport but we have to try separate ourselves our, our, ourselves from it i i find it difficult with john because well, I mean the the the, the, the domestic violence, uh, which I, I think he, I I don't know what the legal term of what he but basically he, he struck a plea deal for it. I mean that's that you're, you're etched out. If if there's any sort of domestic violence whatsoever, you're you're etched out in in, uh, in my name, like as 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 a person or whatever. But then you 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 have to come and try to be impartial and then think of it just in terms of mixed martial arts, like as as a martial artist. And then I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of conflicted in that sense if you if you know what i mean look stylistically fights with with stipe and uh and francis are absolutely mouth-watering and fights that I'm, I'm i'm dying to see but then i have to ask myself this man does or, or, or say to myself does this man deserve to be in this uh, to, to be in this spot yet again look i know he 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 technically isn't a, a wife beater because he wasn't found guilty of, of such but we all know that we all read the the details of details of uh, of, of what happened and everything so yeah I, I i think i think i'm i'm i maybe represent uh quite, quite quite a majority who might be conflicted who feel the way that you feel about him and can like, say that he's a scumbag for allegedly w- what he did but at the same time are excited from just a pure fighting standpoint of seeing him come back. Gee, what's your what's your thoughts on it?
0: I think John Jones coming back is a win-win for everybody. And I think there are gonna be plenty of eyes, plenty of interests. And I'm with Mike on this. There's a piece, everybody want a piece of this dude. And for instance, <laughs> hardcore fans, there's an intrigue with John Jones as far as coming to heavyweight, right? When he was in light heavyweight, we kind of saw him struggle with the top of the division. And you got people talking like, oh, he's getting older. He's getting washed. And then you got his fans that are like, F that. He's fighting the top of the food chain. He's not washed. So you have that little argument there. Then you have hardcores like me and everybody else is like, we haven't seen him at heavyweight. So we don't know what we're gonna get, you know what I mean? So then you have that. Then you have fucking haters. You have people that are like, yo, I can't like what you're conflicted with, Jasanka, you have people that are like, yo, he takes drugs, he beats people, he does this, he does that. He beats his wife, his kids saw it. So you're gonna have people that wanna see him get his ass kicked at heavyweight. And you're gonna have people that want Francis to knock him out with that knockout punch. Okay. And then you have his fans that think he's the GOAT no matter what he does, whether he's beating a wife, choking out a stripper, or whether he's barely losing, winning, you know, getting by contenders in the light heavyweight division. People want to see this guy fight. And also, I'm sure fighters want to see him fight. They're fans of him as well. And also, he brings revenue to the company. He, it's why he's like Dana, I need to be paid. I can sit this out and gain weight. Like he kind of, you know, knows his leverage here. So I'm sure Dana wants to see him fight. I'm sure Stipe would fight him, Francis, it goes on and on. So I think, I don't care how you feel about him, what you think about him. He's lost before, no, he's undefeated. He's a terrible guy. It does not matter when he comes back. We're all shouting out the dough to see that fight no matter who the opponent is. And I'm for it, even though I'm like, you just I don't really like the guy. But as a fan, I want him in there at heavyweight. I need to see how he performs.
1: We all, I mean, I I put my hand up to this. First off, if that makes you comfortable in admitting it too, loved seeing Greg Hardy get flatlined, get starched. I applauded. I was there punching the air because he was a wife beater who got his comeuppance and in a savage way. And how humiliated must he have felt that that happened? But not only that, he got his clock cleaned. I loved to see that as a fan, as a media owner. I'm like, oh well, these things happen in MMA. But I was cheering as a fan whilst watching that.
2: Yeah, but yeah, no, I, 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 I there's no, there's no buts. Like, look, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> I, I, I myself am meant to remain impartial, but when it comes to when it comes to issues of domestic violence, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't necessarily, like, I I can, I can just about, and I'll, I'll, I'll openly admit this, as, as I said, that I, I struggle, I'm struggling with John. I can just about see, uh, well, I, I can just about judge them to the point where, look, I understand I have to do a job. I have to write about him as a mixed martial artist, but at the same time, I, I'm fully aware of the, the their um, his, his background and what he's done and the the type of person that he may that they may be but as it, as it, as it pertains to John do you think that people will be able to uh, I don't want to use the cliche term separate the the man from the artist like the, the man as in the uh, the man that's had numerous run-ins with with the law obviously his most recent one which was um, just I believe less than twelve hours after he was inducted to the Hall of Fame. Um, and then, obviously, one of the best we've ever seen uh, compete in mixed martial arts. Do you, do you think? Do you think that's? Do you think the fan base will be will will be able to do that?
1: One hundred percent, no, because we're all emotionally invested. There's a piece of him that we love or hate, and that's what gravitates us towards him because of that piece that we love or hate. We're talking about him in a disparaging way because we hate him. We are talking up John Jones because we love him. His brand value is what has attached itself to people, so it's hard to detach that in terms of feelings that people may have when they hear the name, see the name, John Jones.
2: I mean, who would have thought? Like, uh, remember before he uh, before he fought Shogun, that like he he uh, didn't didn't he uh, manhandle a robber just like hours before the fight?
1: Yeah. yeah. And,
2: I mean, it's literally the complete is at the complete opposite end of the spectrum since that, like, it's, it's crazy, man. But, uh, gee, what's, what's, what's your final thoughts on it? Do you think the fan base will be able to to separate the man from the, uh, from the fire? And is it, is it right to do that? Are, are people right to do that?
0: Uh, yeah, I think the fans are going to be able to do that because we all tune in to see violence and see people fight, you know, and, and I hate to say it myself, I do it and there are some egregious things fighters have said and done but yet when they're in the cage i i tune in but here's let me throw a curveball real quick you know what i think fans should be concerned with whether he makes it in the heavyweight cage due to his behavior yeah. you know what i mean like i in I don't think we need to worry about, it sounds like he's making his way back to the cage. I'm sure Dana is going to pay him a little bit more. They're going to settle on something just like Masvidal did. I'm starting to become a bit optimistic with him returning. I really am. Especially because I think he watched that fight with Francis and was like, yo, I can kill them all. So I think he's got like a little fire lit up inside of him, but I think we need to be worried about him just kind of not fucking it up as far as illicit behavior alcohol and drugs you know I think that's what like we really need to be discussing is that if he comes back is he gonna fuck it up and and hurt our feelings again
2: exactly no I, I, I completely agree with you but then people I've look I've, i I firmly believe that John Jones probably should drink and obviously you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing recreational drugs Unless it's marijuana, (laughs) because it comes from the earth. But just
0: he shouldn't be doing a lot, shooting those guns.
2: Exactly. But what I was gonna say, (laughs) people will say, and I uh yeah, I can't remember who said this, but if you were to take that side away from John Jones, maybe he wouldn't be the same fighter that he is now. So like maybe you just have to have to accept both. I mean, you don't need shouldn't have to accept his behavior abhorrent behavior like I, I mean running into the pregnant woman hit and run and then obviously the uh, most recent domestic violence you shouldn't have to accept that but you will get some people that will say that well oh well that's just how how he is and that's how it's translated to his greatness throughout the and i'm like i mean there's some deluded people but anyway we could talk about this for hours Onto the matchup itself with potential matchup with uh mr franny and gani to to steal Mike's uh, <laughs> uh, moniker for Francis and Ganu, How'd you foresee a fight between John and Francis and Garner playing out? And I'm gonna go to G as you still have the mic. Oh, you're muted.
0: I'm sorry, I still, I got distracted by work real quick. No worries, no worries. So, repeat the question for me real quick. <laughs> I,
2: was, I was gonna say, how'd you foresee a fight between uh, Francis and, and John playing out? Because I mean, at the, well, as soon as it's probably going to be Herb Dean going to be the referee as well. So as soon as yeah. as soon as Herb Dean says, "All right, let's go," I mean, I think the entire mixed martial arts world is just going to be on tenterhooks hooks for that first two minutes because we we all know like the storm that Francis brings. Although me me saying that is doing him a disservice because we've now got patient Francis, which is it was fucking terrifying
0: yeah. as well. Yeah. Francis that has cardio. I really thought he was going to burn himself out with all that wrestling. And he did not. His his mouth was open the whole time, but he didn't slow down, which was very impressive. People don't talk about that enough. However.
2: See that matchup going.
0: um, I'm conflicted because I'm one of those people. I'm cautious. Mike will tell you that from podcasting on Sundays with me. I'm very cautious because it's like, I have not seen that motherfucker yet at heavyweight. And he's got chicken legs that concern me. Those legs are so little. However. (laughs) However, if you compare his skill set to Francis Nganu's, and if he keeps um, his, that skill set and it transfers well to heavyweight, he's gonna beat Francis. I mean, Francis, I, I, I get it. We're all really excited to see him wrestle and it won him the fight. John Jones would smoke any type of wrestler trying that shit with him. Okay, Francis looked green in the wrestling department, and he was lucky that Cyril was even greener. And in fact, when he fought Stipe and we were all blown away by his wrestling, people forget that Stipe was rocked from a punch when they were scrambling on the ground stipe was not hundred percent when he was on the ground with francis i get it we lost our fucking minds but if you watch the fight again stipe was stunned and if if francis is going to fool around with john jones like that on the ground john is going to hold him down or john is just going to wrestle fuck him and and beat him up and it sounds like that's what john is thinking because before francis fought remember john's coach was like oh we're definitely see some holes in this game and he alluded to wrestling yeah. then um, francis fought surreal and John piped up like, yo, we have a meeting with Dana. Da, da, da. He mm-hmm. saw what we all saw, that his wrestling is leaps and bounds ahead of Francis and he's going to exploit that. So I'm leaning towards John Jones, even though I'm a bit cautious that we haven't seen him. But John Jones all day.
1: Mike,
2: what's your what's your thoughts on the, on the matchup? What's the Mr. Morgan breakdown?
1: You might have seen when I was uh, listening, when we were both listening to G, that... Um, I, I broke into a frown, and it was at the point where she said that given John's skill set, what we've seen, um, I thought she said, just by my recollection, that he will give Francis problems just on the skill sets that we've seen. But for me, the skill set that we've seen of late makes me say otherwise. Don't we remember, or are we forgetting that? This is a man that once it was exposed that perhaps he may um, have tainted supplement or um, performance enhancing drugs, mm-hmm. that taints his legacy as to the skill set that we have become so beguiled and enthralled and attracted to. Let's not also forget that the last time or the last few times that we've seen him come around uh, against Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos and Anthony Smith, Mm -hmm. these have all been unanimous or these have all been decisions, right? Mm -hmm. And in the case of Tiago Santos, it was a split decision. Now, where I started to get a little bit kind of like, hold on a minute, the veneer of John Jones is actually kind of like rubbed off was when we saw Glover Teixeira decision, Daniel Cormier decision. It was when it got to Ovin St. Prue, he squeezed through that. I don't care what anybody says. I don't know how that was a unanimous decision, but do you see where I'm coming from here? The, The romanticized view of John Jones, which I, I have to say, have of him is the killer John Jones who we saw at the beginning of his career. The panther as it were, the animal, the person who dominated his opponent to the extent where even earlier on people were seeing shades of you know, the greatest mm-hmm. in him, even in those early forays in the cage. I think that Francis, especially patient Francis that we've seen, you're right to call him that Chisanga because that came from left field. No one saw that coming or give him problems. And it's because of his recent performances that I'm saying that. I have not been impressed with post-USADA John Jones. I have not been impressed in the slightest with his performance
2: at all. You're forgetting the Gus fight. He beat Alexander Gustafson down during that time.
0: He like, beat that, was, that
2: was a that was a dominant, dominant display. Like with
0: wrestling and ground and
2: pound. Yeah, with wrestling, and ground like it was like, oh yeah, you thought you thought you did well, and you thought that you had a claim to beating me all those years ago. Have some mm-hmm. of this, like mm-hmm. and so. I mean, yeah, I, I I mean, it's completely completely valid. Your your sentiment's completely valid, and and I'm sure a lot of other people hold that. But uh, I think for John to to truly. To shake that off, to shake um, or to remove the asterisks to a certain extent, he he would he would need an emphatic stoppage victory. Like if he was if, say if he was to head kick Francis Ngannou with the same switch kick that he caught Daniel Cormier with and finish him off, then I think a lot of people would just be like, all right, like and, and provided he returned <laughs> clean draw tests afterwards, <laughs> as well, mm-hmm. which is something we have to say. Like I'm I'm not saying this to uh, d- uh, detract in, in any way, shape, or form. But it's something that you have to you have to say. Um, yeah, if he was to do that, then I think that would remove the cloud that that's uh, that that's around him. But at this moment in time, I think you're 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 uh, it's completely valid for you to to, to hold that. And funny story about, uh, about John Jones. It was actually when he tested positive after beating Daniel Cormier. I was in a nightclub in Ibiza at the at the time, so I was not the most uh, I was not the most sober of uh, of, of, of of men at the time and uh yeah i had to i had to file a breaking story because i was the only one that had any knowledge of this and this and this news broke at what time like maybe three or four a.m in Ibiza, so maybe like wow. a.m. i was writing it on my phone the music was going and i was it was
1: oh uh, I, I was lit i was i was
2: absolutely <laughs> lit because um well actually that that night as well that night as well i actually um i bumped into into jake shields and this guy this like big bodybuilder guy was like trying to like i think he barged past him and then he was like oh we'll stop And i was just like dude you don't want to do this i was just like you, you, right. you don't you
0: want to sleep yeah yeah
2: i was I was, yeah, I was about to say dude you don't you're gonna you're gonna end up being one of these guys that uh you know you see those videos of the big guys with the big muscles you think all right i'm gonna fuck this motherfucker up and then they actually get their ass served to him yeah like dude you don't you don't you don't want to be like that but um anyway let's move on because we have uh, more pressing stuff to talk about, Mike, and it's the first of the month, and you're going to tell us about what month this is.
1: It's a very important month in the uh, Black calendar, and it is, of course, Black History Month. Now, I've got to admit that we have a wealth of athletes to pull on, not just in the UFC, but in Bellator, One FC, you name it across the board that we can actually pull from in terms of those who have through their very, I suppose, impact, presence, the way in which they have made an impression on the actual scene, the MMA scene. We have so many deserving people who we could actually choose from, who could actually come under the moniker of most valuable Person, And I say in that criteria to say this, that regardless of what promotion that you want to center on, there are deserving individuals out there who have made massive strides to either influence those watching the sport, Mm -hmm. to actually influence the sport itself in terms of things like fighter pay, becoming more of a voice for those athletes to come after them or who exist in the sphere at the moment. And for me, I wanna bring this to the table because I wanna talk about most valuable person from our own perspectives. Now, it being Black History Month, I wanna recognize athletes who come under this banner. And for me, As we're talking about Black History Month and we're talking about Most Valuable Person, there's only one person from where I'm sat that kind of fills, I suppose, that title, and that will be Michael Chandler. For me, this man, <laughs> rat- <laughs> yeah, I thought you almost you said that you said that so dead ass.
2: <laughs> 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 almost
0: holding my breath, like, who could it be?
2: It's such an introduction, and then you say that, oh my god, okay, all right. I'm, Just of
1: course, bit. talking about Anderson Silva. For me, this Brazilian mixed martial artist. Thank god. Um has had the longest reign, longest title reign in UFC history. Um, From memory, uh, it was 2,457 days. It started in 2006, ended in 2013. Now, not only has he, in my eyes, um, been worthy of the status of GOAT, greatest of all time, and been worthy in terms of the way in which he decided to fight on his terms. He decided his fight style. He didn't let anybody dictate to him what he was going to do. And that in itself is an inspiration. But not only that, the way in which he was dominant. This wasn't somebody who scouted around the periphery and, you know, brought as many people to decisions as he could. He took risks and massive risk. Not only was he an entertaining fighter, but he was an acute business person as well. Now, okay, there is the kind of bit that, I suppose, draws a shadow of doubt for the MVP status. And that is, look, he tested positive for a banned substance. But by and large, when you look at this whole man's career, when you look at his pedigree, when you look at the way in which he represented and influence those within the sport and those coming up. For me, Anderson Silva is my MVP as we look at those notable athletes in Black History Month. I'm gonna go with G to explain her most valuable person, if it is different from mine in terms of Anderson Silva.
0: Yes, I'm going to go with Usman, because not only do I think he has some really admirable MMA accomplishments as far as this year, I am, I'm just loving the fact of how he conducts himself. He is a, and and people need to see this of black athletes. Okay. I love that Derek Lewis is funny, but sometimes I do think he's ignorant and it kind of feeds right into what, you know, People, white That's people nice. and racist people want to see of African-Americans, you know, it's, it's they want to see that. But what I like about Usman is that he's beautifully dressed. He articulates himself in a way that is just outstanding. He is a family man. He is a business professional. He never misses weight. After he beat Colby for the first time, he brought us together after that post-fight speech. He's also a really good athlete. He's winning. He's a dominant champ. And and on top of that, he supports his mother. He brings his daughter everywhere. His whole family's with him. People need to see black people loving their families and just being normal folks, not shoot them up, bang, bang, selling drugs, not being ignorant, not using the N word, not, you know what I mean? They need to see us as normal human beings that are thriving in society. And Usman gives us that. Now I do have one gripe with him, but there's a way that I can smooth out this gripe. There have been talks of him being MAGA, which is very disappointing because those values don't really add up with what I'm saying about African history month and heritage and whatnot. However, if he is, he has the wherewithal to kind of keep that in the shadows and get us to focus on his accomplishments and his family and how positive he is. He's not out there making a dumbass of himself like Masvidal and we really don't know for sure if this is confirmed. And I like that this is a mystery that we just can't solve. And I think it trumps, I think how he acts and how he trains and how dedicated he is to his family. And also, let's not forget, Black people supporting Black people is exactly what we need. Who was in um, Francis Ngannou's corner? Usman. When, when Usman's brother fought in the PFL, who was in his corner? Usman. When, when Izzy and him are good friends, they all support each other. That is Black people supporting Black people. We need more of that. We need to see more of that. And Usman is doing it. He is my nominee for Black Athlete African-American History Month, whatever this is of the month, of, of the year, of the month. Usman's got it. Jasanga, who you got?
2: Both of you guys took my one and two, man. Like, literally, <laughs> you you stole, you stole my, my 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 one and two, man. I'd be hard-pressed to, to, ha- to have a third one in the... In, oh, man, I'm going to have to rack my brains but okay while i do that i want i want to touch on on uh, the the legends who who you who you mentioned there anderson silva look i mean he made many many uh mixed martial arts fan the current mixed martial arts fans fall in love with the sport with his style his style his soft spokenness and um the respect The most of the most and foremost the respect that he showed to his opponents and he showed he showed the the Bushido code the true martial arts uh, the true martial artist code and I mean the the the, the way I, I, in fact I've never I I probably say I've only been maybe maybe when I'm interviewing people been starstruck once or twice and the first time was Anderson Silver at UFC London and then the second time was George St Pierre but Anderson just had this 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 aura about him, which he th- he still has to this day. Like you, still like the way in which we eulogize and we exalt him is 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 a testament to that. And yeah, Mike, you mentioned the fact that he he tested positive, but I kind of give him a slide on it because I I think he what he's uh, the the first the first drug test he. I think it was medicine that or sleep medicine that he got prescribed from from a doctor, and like it was a doctor who fucked up. Or I I can't I can't remember if I'm not saying this is definitively true. And also like Anderson competed during the wild wild west of, uh, <laughs> of mixed mixed martial arts. So like I mean he's probably fought people that been absolutely juiced to the gills and and what have you. Oh, you you raising your hand? Why are you interrupting?
1: Because. you're glossing over one of the most lamest excuses for having a tainted supplement in your bloodstream in that he got a pill for erectile dysfunction from one of his friends and not his doctor now
2: is it it his friend i mean i can't i can't remember We're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look this up midway through like
1: uh, we we are going to have to look this up because from memory, it was not from his doctor. It was not doctors prescribed. All right. All right. Let's, let's, okay. We got, we got to see, we got to see the shit. No, um, like the
0: the worst one ever was kangaroo meat. That's the worst one ever. Uh, <laughs> it was, the,
2: was, the, meat. It was, yeah. Oh no, no,
0: no, that was, no, uh, it was kangaroo meat. Frank Mir went to Australia. Yeah. I yeah. Of
2: course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, at
0: dinner, he had tainted kangaroo meat that had performance enhancing drugs in the meal. Like,
2: Th- th- all right, there's, there's, there's no denying that uh, farmers, you, like you've seen the photos of those like cows that literally that like, you can tell are on steroids or, 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 or whatever have you. But do you yeah. know how much of that meat that you have to consume to, uh, like, for to have serious metabolic levels? The whole t-
0: cow, meat? yes, the whole cow. Like,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like when Canelo said, "Oh yeah, I ate the meat back in Mexico when he tested positive." Yeah. He, like I think a lot of people. They, uh, they're they like, okay, if, uh, if I eat this meat, blah, 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 then I have a built-in excuse and I can take this shit. In vit- yeah, so, okay, now we need, I need to figure this. I need to find this, Ms. Anderson Silver. Right, I
0: thought it was John Jones who took the dick John pill. John Jones was a dick pill,
2: but I think, yeah. okay, here we go, here we go. In the days after his fight with Nick Diaz, it was revealed that silver tested positive for the anabolic cellar, or tested positive for anabolic steroids, strand alone and Androstane blah 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 okay it's not giving us the the reason why okay let's see
0: Mike over
2: here starting rumors and shit yeah okay 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 so okay 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 so also tested positive for anti-anxiety drugs oxamipan and temazepan which were used to uh ah okay he is correct he is correct okay Thank okay. you. No, wait, 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 let, me, let, me, let me continue reading. So Silver tested positive for oxamopan and termazepan he used to treat sleep deprivation. And then Silver's defense argued that he took a tainted sexual enhancement drug that a friend gave him to a trip in Thailand <laughs> and the root of the failed two drugs tests. I mean, there are a lot of people that there are a lot of supplement companies that will lace their products with performance enhancing drugs to them, okay. to then say that, Oh yeah, this is, uh, our, our products work or, or what have you. So, I mean, that, could, that potentially could have happened, but at the same time, uh, at this, at this level, you need, and, and, and the money that he has as well, the, the money that he possesses.
1: And the doctors need, that he has access to. You
2: need to scrutinize absolutely everything that you're putting into your body. Mm-hmm. So, but as I was saying, he competed during the Wild Wild West, so
0: everybody. He, he, he would have fought.
2: people that were absolutely juiced to the gills. No, no um, Chris, uh, I don't want to say Chris Leben was juiced to the gills. He did fail a drugs test, and like for example, Chris Leben failed a drugs test, and so for him and so, uh, You you know what I mean? And uh, well, Vitor Belfort is another one as well. Come on, oh yeah, so. Yeah, but also,
0: Chisanga, no one's perfect. Like, just like with Uzman, yeah, cool, I cool. could cool. poke holes at the, the MAGA rumors yeah. and whatnot. Exactly. And yeah. it's his silver fun. popped and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, both men portray themselves and act in ways that are just wonderful for the community. And they're also accomplished athletes, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: So what are you going to do? You'd be you know, perfect. Plus, yeah, plus, so like, you you, you mentioned uh, the MAGA with Uzma. I'm glad you mentioned it as well. I mean, other than him... That one opportunity like that one time where he went to the event where Trump was and then Trump beckoned him on stage. We haven't seen any any evidence to to prove that he that, that, that's his, that's his true philosophy. So part of me thinks that maybe part of me thinks that maybe he just used that as a photo opportunity and also like, to, to grow his following. Uh, and to also troll Kobe Covington. And I mean, right. probably Dana-, Dana White was probably like, oh, here's the opp- here's the opportunity to go meet the president or, or what have you. And Usman being the smart man that he is probably like, you know what, fuck it, let me just, let me just go do it. Like I might oh, take some know, fight for it, but.
0: I think Francis Ngannou has a picture with one of the Trump brothers, but he doesn't affiliate himself with MAGA. Like it, it, it's, um. These are photo shoots sometimes. These are opportunities to meet people. Yeah, oh, of course, people. of course. Opportunities to network or even troll and whatnot. So that's why I don't poke too many holes in that mega rumor or him coming out on stage because everything else I named trumps that as well. And I also think it's also very decent of him not to go down that path and do what Masvidal did, which was go on that dumbass tour and make a fool of himself.
2: Yeah. But yeah. well,
0: even if he is, he he has the wherewithal to be like, let's just focus on the fighting and how I want to portray myself, which I think is a, a plus in itself as well.
2: Yeah, and you if know? we're talking about Black History Month, we need to talk about uh, the UFC's plans to to celebrate Black History Month. And got a press release uh, just maybe three hours ago, actually, which is quite fitting with your with your topic, Mike. Obviously, we uh, we all know the the infamous uh, Michael Chandler <laughs> being the uh, the representative of the the black black community. He must have been uh, traded by a uh, traded for in by the black delegation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he must have been given the, uh, the the honor of being the the UFC's go-to guy for all things Black History Month. So, to commemorate Black History Month, uh, UFC. Well, commemorate Black History Month across its digital and social platforms with exclusive contact centers, interactive timeline features, vinegates, vinegates, yeah, vignettes, it. vignettes, yeah, pronounced vignettes, <laughs> I'm an uncultured. Oh, like
0: dressing. That's salad.
2: Maybe
0: I need salad.
2: <laughs> oh, so they've also got they've also got their own dedicated um, Black History section of the, of the website this year. Okay. Which will include special content uh, during broadcast. Well, they plan to include special content during broadcasts as well. War and my inclusion, athlete features and vignettes throughout the month. In addition, they're going to produce a two-part special of ESPN's Black History theme programming, and one of them will be Ultimate Knockouts Black History Month Incredible Knockouts, so the most incredible knockouts from from Black fighters, and uh, Ultimate Knockouts Black uh Black History Month heavyweight knockouts. Okay, so I remember we we had serious complaints last year. Yeah, I, I think I think those complaints, valid complaints. are valid, one hundred percent valid. I think those they, complaints have been uh, been heard. I'd like to I'd like to think that they listened to shots fired, and particularly and the heard, heard. It's
1: because of shots, did, fired, yeah. shots fired <laughs> only. Because you know we were okay. the only people who were being actively vocal and loud on Twitter about it.
2: Yep, this is true. This is true. So like, it seems that they've listened to to the to the gripes of us and other people <laughs> who are uh, singing from the rooftop service. it. So, I mean, I remain I, like I'll I'll pass judgment once I see how the, the actual month goes because it's like it's like you know when people say Happy New Year, you don't know how fucking happy the New Year is going to be, like or whatever.
1: That's I feel true. like I'm
2: gonna say start saying Happy New Year in fucking November once I know if the year has been good or not or whatever. But. It looks promising at this moment in time. So at this moment in time, I don't have any complaints, but maybe in a couple of weeks I might, but maybe what we want, so. But getting to... back
1: to who you are oh, nominating man. for your MVP.
2: Who am I nominating? Oh shit, Herb Dean. No, I'm joking. No, no I don't,
1: <laughs> but, uh, I don't know,
2: I don't that know. That would be hilarious. No, I generally don't know. I'm trying to think.
1: You know something, you may be onto something there because yeah, I throw, this is oh, someone. I say, yeah. This is someone who has graduated from being a fighter, and in terms of longevity and in terms of being an influential figure in the sport, he's continued to have an active role. Obviously, now through his refereeing, so we're, we're laughing and joking about Herb Dean, but he has been a, a true influence on the sport, not just as a mixed martial artist, but also, you know, a, a, a ref because. When you talk about the top refs, yeah. love him or hate him, his name always comes up. Yeah. So run with Herb Dean. I I, I sanctioned that.
2: I you know I what I said, I said. I said that. I said that jokingly, and I I'm, I'm apologising to Herb if, he, if, if if this comes to him. Like his his infl- he's synonymous with with mixed martial arts. And if you look at the uh, if you look at all the the big fights that he's got, you don't get put into that spot. You don't get put into that spot if you are not if you're not the top, the top of your field. Right. Okay. You can make arguments that over like the last two years, I'll probably say in particular that he's not been as um, he's, he's not been his old self. And that's valid. But as we said beforehand, nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. We can't expect yeah. people to be machines. Right. Yeah. But, also,
0: real quick. I have an honorable mention, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. we haven't been discussing African-American women and I think we could throw yes. up Karen Bryan up there. She's consistent. She's knowledgeable. And I don't see too many people having issues with her. She's got a great podcast right now with um, Angela Hill, another African-American woman, which I think is dope. Two African-American women in the sport, bouncing ideas off of each other, making us laugh and, and having a podcast. And not for nothing, she is consistent. You don't go on the timeline and see people upset with her the way people get upset with Herb Dean. You don't see people, you know, talking too much shit about her. And she's knowledgeable, funny, pretty, and has a wonderful family as well. So I think she carries herself in a way that African-American women that are in the sport can see themselves in her and also look up to her. So I think that's worth an honorable mention because we have only been discussing men.
2: No,
1: of course. She's out
0: there and needs to be acknowledged as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Kate Kate KB Heat, she's been out there for a very very long time. She Definitely. she she's one of the the OG mixed martial arts supporters. She 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 really she really is and as, as you said G we, we should have we should have mentioned her. Um we did. We did. we yeah, did.
0: Well, well, no, I'm
2: glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because it, too too often these things She are, she flies are,
0: like, under the radar a little too yeah. much for me and but she's yet a prominent person in that broadcast, you know, in the analyst booth, you know. So
2: I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, pro- like so from reporter to to analyst, like uh, on to ESPN. Like, she was on Fox. Aren't like when the UFC was on Fox? I mean, yeah, she like Karen Karen Bryan deserve deserves her props. So, I mean, what what uh, what your guys thoughts on um, the 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 UFC plans for Black History Month that are outlaid there in comparison to what we what we had last year, where it just felt like as if. Like, you know, when you've got big essay due the next night and they're like, oh shit, I just need to throw something together or, or, or what have you?
0: I, it sounds good, but I don't trust them. Watch black knockouts be white people knocking out black fighters or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't trust <laughs> them. I'll wait till I'll see it. But from what I'm hearing, it sounds like an improvement, but I gotta see it because I have PTSD from Michael Chandler being the, you know, the black guy that they wanted <laughs> the future for last yeah. year. it sounds you know,
2: good though. Yeah, you know, with with Michael Chandler, like I, <laughs> can you imagine what his face must have been like when they were like, okay, Mike, we need you to do a sit down piece with us, where we're gonna come to come to your house and film. Oh yeah, well, what's it about? What's it about? See you at the top. What's it about? Uh, black History Month. I don't,
0: I don't think he, I don't think so. I think he was right on board. I think it just went right over his head and was like, no, that's great. Maybe I'm maybe. a black kid. This is perfect. Make it about me. You know, I, I have a feeling that. Like <laughs> Uh, oh, no, the, no, no,
1: no, yeah. I, I'm glad that they, they have stepped up this year because last year was as low as it could have ever gone. But I still feel there is an element missing in terms of the money that this corporation makes. Why not invest in the black community? Why not have a, 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 a an initiative which they are responsible for? I've filmed in the past behind the scenes of the UFC as they've gone into hospitals and helped underprivileged kids, helped sick kids. And I've also filmed where they've gone into um, underprivileged areas in the UK and helped underprivileged children in um, boxing gyms.
2: Yeah,
1: Left them a ton of goods in terms of boxing gloves, boxing pads, help them out. Why not do something like that?
2: That would be the next logical step, and that's something that I hope hope to uh, hope to see. But yeah, you know, you know t- t- oh, I was about to say times are hard. They're hiking up the prices of pay per views, man. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. All right, before 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 we go, what do you make of Jake Paul saying he's laying the foundations for a fighters union? And that that's was my best fun. trying to channel Kairos. There it was absolutely horrible. I, I I'm sorry, people. If you tuned in for Kairos, that was a lame ass attempt.
1: That that was horrible. I've I got Damn, mine. <laughs> Jeez, what's
2: your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to leave in a few, so I just want to jump in real quick. I think it's all talk. I know people are saying, "Oh, Jake Shields is doing more than anybody else has," and I'm just like, "Be careful with drinking that Kool Aid." I think what Jake Shields, excuse me, Jake Shields, what's his name? Jake Paul. Jake
2: Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't let me do that. Y'all gonna really let me do that? So, uh, Jake Paul. I think we need to chill with drinking that Kool-Aid. I think this is more about him than actually helping the fighters. I think him beefing with Dana gets his name out there with boxing and MMA fans. I think he's a lot smarter than people think. And I think him beefing with Dana is just really pushing him more than the fighters. I don't. I think he's going to hit a wall at some point when Dana's like, keep talking, nothing changes. You know what I mean? Like, now it's a diss track. Now it's this. No, you're just selling to your little YouTube fan and whatnot. And I, the reason why I also think that too, is like, you don't see too many MMA fighters like, yeah, Jake is doing this for us and that. They're kind of also like, one, I'm not gonna speak out against my boss. And I'm sure there's some of them that are like, shut up already, we got this, we'll work on it. Like, he doesn't seem to be getting support from MMA fighters either. So I think this is all about him and it's getting kind of like redundant and dumb.
1: Mike? Before you before you close out the show, I just really wanted to say that I agree with everything that you said there, G. It is about him but it helps the fighters it being about him because he has fronted it and fronted it hard. But as well as that, I just don't see it succeeding. I don't see it jumping off or um, getting off the ground because of what we've seen in the past where fighters unions have been launched and they've been quickly killed. Yeah. Take it away G close out the show.
0: show?
2: We've got to briefly talk about the the fight card. What fight are you looking forward to most this weekend? Boom. I got it
0: real quick. I'll go first. One of my favorite prospects is fighting oh, Shavkat seriously. Rachmanov. I knew you. Yeah, were kill same.
1: My,
2: kill my yeah, that's my I, I know you. I know that you. That was
1: easy. Yeah. yeah. Same. What uh, she said.
2: And I'm. i I'm, 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 I'm. I was about to say. I'm putting no. No.
0: No. Don't blame me. Blame no. Dana. This card once again is what trash. So we're all picking the hot fight of the night. Yeah. The hot the, I'm, don't
2: I'm, blame I'm, me. I'm going on record as to say, Shavkat Rachmanov, True. pride of Kazakhstan would wipe the floor with Hamzat Shemayev. I'm putting that out there. I'm dying on that hill. I'm dying on that hill. And those two are going to fight at some point. At some point down the line, those two are going to fight. That uh, makes me want to beat
0: my chest like Tarzan. When I tell yes. you this kid is the truth, y'all already know. Like, this kid is going to fight for a title, no doubt. He's going to run through whoever Carsten Harris is and everybody they put in front of him. But I'm not ready to say that about Shemaya. Shemayev is a very scary man to me but exactly. every time I don't pick him, he murders someone. So I'm gonna just yeah. you know chill and
2: let him do his this. Is true, this is true. I might have to end up beating my words, but isn't it isn't it funny, right? That nobody's talking about Shavka, who has 14 fights, 14 finishes. I, I don't know how many finishes that he's, he has in the UFC. Both guys are probably maybe skill set is, is exactly the same, but one the UFC hype train is behind one. And they're not behind it's the other. It's his personality.
0: It's his personality. It's no different than this paper towel. It's just, it's just <laughs> his. He's, he's not giving us nothing except skill set and ver- He's a great fighter, but he's not selling us on his. You know what I mean? People are not talking about him because he wins his fights and then he has his translator and he puts on his funny hat and then he goes backstage. <laughs> Maya is screaming, he's gonna kill people. You yeah. know, he's got the, he's, skull, got the he's Funny. He's got the talk. Mm. This guy's not talking so but hard cars like me you and Mike we know what's up you know exactly
1: what's up. anyway G start talking end the show
0: oh my bad yo all right <laughs> tune in for the next episode I'm G Mike is here Chisanga's out Cairo stood us up but he should be back <laughs> next week please tune in next week that's what's up fellas say goodbye to the folks
2: peace thanks for listening people catch you next weekend
1: the weekend <laughs> <laughs> I'll it the out <laughs> and then I won't edit it out. <laughs>